Well, if you hate Ted Cruz, this is a pretty fun week. And if you like Ted Cruz, then you're Ted Cruz. <laughs> Senator Cruz, whose face is slowly being reclaimed by nature, said that his decision to go on a family vacation to Cancun during Texas's weather emergency was obviously a mistake, as was the tattoo he got there. <laughs> Cruz initially released a statement saying he only went on vacation because his daughters made him go. And if you think it was bad to throw his daughters under the bus, Cruz would like you to know that that statement was his wife's idea. It's the shot heard around the spirits world. Kendall Jenner posted on her social media this afternoon. The judges raved that the spirit had an earthy nose which hints at pecan pie, sweet potato and caramel. A sweet and smoky body with some oaky influence, vanilla, and more sweetness on the finish as cinnamon ice cream comes through. In what has to be the irony of the century so far, or the decade at least, <laughs> I almost didn't make it to the show today. No. Because didn't. we didn't have no power. But wait, you're not in Texas, are you? I am not in Texas. Don't like Texas. Texas is not uh, not one of my favorite places on the planet, but, but, but no, I am not in Texas. I'm still in Silverdale, Washington, where, uh, oddly enough, we're, uh, we're here and, uh, we, we, it's very windy here. Oh, okay. so every time the wind blows here, we lose, somebody loses power. I think they, I think they have like, um, like a dartboard or something, or maybe dice. <laughs> so the wind gets over 20 miles an hour. They go, Oh, geez, somebody's got to lose power. They throw a dart at the board. And uh, normally it's out for a little while, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Sure. Uh, we've had one that went about 12 hours, which was really exciting because literally the only place in town that had power was McDonald's. So every oh. parent is at McDonald's when they're here. Sure. So, didn't have one of those play places there because yeah, that also makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they did. let the kids this roam. Is, this is pre-C, PC, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Um, but uh, this one, about two, two and a half hours. So we decided that, well, since we can't do anything else, we're going to go get breakfast which turned into the honeydew list, <laughs> which turned into Rod, I swear to God, I'm going to be careful how I say this. Pretty sure I married a Karen. <laughs> I'm glad you were careful in saying that. <laughs> so I had to go back because something wasn't right. Something wasn't right. And so we had to take care of that, which was, and I say this is all ironic because I had planned today to talk about the great Texas power conundrum. Sure. With Rod, who is, of course, a, I'm a former Californian. Rod's a Californian. We were both there in yeah. 2000 and I want to say three. When was the, uh, when was the, the recall? Was that 03? Uh, it was something around that time. Yeah. So California had this huge power problem and we decided that the solution to this was to recall the governor. Yeah. Gray Davis. And so he got recalled and that's how we ended up with Arnold Schwarzenegger as the governor. Yeah. It was all about power and these rolling blackouts, which we didn't have a lot of, as I recall, because we were on, I was on MID. Yeah. And you would have been on OID. Well, no, no, no. I was actually at that time I was MID as well. Okay. But out the MID Waterford. and OID and TID, yeah. the, the IDs, the irrigation districts, which provided their own power, didn't really have much of a problem. Well, but they did at that time because they were tied into the California ISO. Right. The, the prices went nuts, but I don't remember. I, I know I didn't. They were forced to power. actually black out at some point because they were That's a member correct. of that. They didn't need to. Right. But, then, but, but they, they were, were forced required to. to. And so, but the prices went through the roof. I mean, yeah my electric bill for my apartment at the time. I had a, I had a 900 square foot apartment. And I think my electric bill a month at that time was around 300. Huh. Which is insane. Now, yeah. granted, I ran my air conditioner a lot, but sure. no, I figured. What was funny is during those blackouts, we used to go to the movies a lot just to go, hey, let's go in a nice air conditioned movie theater and all that stuff. And, and we were there watching uh, Independence Day. Oh yeah. And it was right at the scene 
when the the spaceship is hovering over the White House and it blows up that the power went out. <laughs> Literally. And we were like, we all stopped and we're like looking around. We're like, what the heck was that? <laughs> now, now, the whole thing to keep in mind when you're talking about Texas and their power conundrum mm-hmm. and versus California's power conundrum is that they're completely different reasons. Yes. There was no actual power shortage in California. The, no. th- this is the thing that people never understood. There was no actual shortage. It was just manipulation of the market mm-hmm. so that the cost went through the roof. This is how Enron made all their money. And in essence, because they – see if this sounds familiar. Because they had shorted the market um, – <laughs> They were actually buying power being produced in California and selling it back to California at, you know, 10, 12, 15 times the price. Mm-hmm. So Because usually those generations, uh, the generation is set on a contract. Right. So they contract for a certain amount. Exactly. And they had manipulated those contracts. So now we come to Texas where it was cold, Rod. Cold in Texas. Yeah. They're not used to. Cold that you can't plan for in Texas. I see. I disagree. I think you can. I, I, I remember watching a Thanksgiving Day football game featuring the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins at watch at, at during which the Dolphins were, I don't know, lined up to to kick a tying field goal. I think it was. And the field goal got blocked and the ball went rolling down the snowy field on Thanksgiving Day in Dallas. Yeah. And Leon let touched the ball, which was the dumbest thing he could do. And the Dolphins won the game. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm oh. thinking in scale. I, I don't think all of Texas has has had all the way down the south is that they. And see, I'm from. Far. See, I'm from. I, I was born in Oklahoma. I don't claim it as my home, but I do have a certain affinity for the Sooner State. And I know, having been there in November, December, it's freaking cold. <laughs> Not only is it cold there, but the wind come sweeping down the plane at about 9 billion miles an hour. So even if it's 45 degrees outside with the wind chill, it's about minus 60. <laughs> that is okay? not an exaggeration. Because there are no hills, there's no trees, there's just, you know, flat. Sure. I mean, that's Oklahoma. The only difference between Oklahoma and Texas is, I don't know, I don't... I've driven them both. I don't know that there's any functional difference between them, geographically speaking. There's a river between them, but that's about it, you know? So, anyway, I started watching what was happening to Texas last week with some bemusement because of what was happening. And I want you to know that if you are concerned about what happened to Texas and you're still worried about it, you don't need to. Because... Because the solution has already been reached. You know that, right? AOC flew down there yesterday, I guess, with $3.2 million that she had raised from, I don't know where. So she went down and solved the whole problem yesterday. Yep. Because that means planes are still landing. Right. Taking off. Taking off to like Cancun and stuff. Yeah. And coming back from Cancun. Really quickly, yeah. So it's a boomerang shot. <laughs> yeah. The whole upshot of this whole thing is people start and, and, and maybe I'm just the weird guy here, but nobody's really talking about why what happened to Texas happened to Texas. And so you might find yourself saying, seriously, what the heck they've had cold snaps before. Now, granted, yeah. maybe this one is a once in a century cold snap or something. And, Maybe the infrastructure isn't designed. Maybe your pipes will fur. I mean, here we had freeze last week. I had to, you know, drip the pipes because mm-hmm. concerned about it. But as a general rule of thumb, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, right? It shouldn't be. So why was it? Well, I think it's a combination of, of things. You know, at first the conservative media likes to point out it's the green. It's the green, uh, you know, solar panels are freezing over and the windmills are freezing. And, and while that may have contributed to some of that, a lot of it also is, it was some of the natural gas meters. It wasn't the, it was, 
it was the meters that actually froze over and they couldn't serve the gas because they couldn't monitor how much gas was going into the turbines. Oh, no. And nobody bothered to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> it's an emergency. Maybe we should just not track that for a day or two. Well, it, it's because the turbines are like are, are fuel. They're like big jet airplanes. They have to control the fuel into that. They have to know what's going into it or it causes or can cause damage. People might be saying, what the heck? True. Well, there's a few lessons, I think, from this that I took, and maybe you took them. Maybe you didn't. I don't know, but we'll talk about them. The first one is Republicans have got to learn to read the freaking room. Yeah. I, you look, I, there's a meme out there right now that I love. The guy holding up the little sex abuse doll. Point to where Ted Cruz going to Cancun hurt you, which yeah. I get. Realistically speaking, Ted Cruz getting on an airplane, going to Cancun in the middle of all this just isn't that big of a deal. It just no. If it is that big of a deal to you, it's because you're a partisan politic, political zealot. Well, and honestly, Dave, for, for God's sake, learn from the Democrats. If you're going to go to to Cancun in the middle of an, uh, an emergency in your home state, take a freaking private airplane. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one lesson you could learn from it. Or you could just learn to read the freaking room. True. You know, like Rudy Giuliani going on a, a radio show after to, to talk about Rush Limbaugh's passing. Rudy Giuliani, right? Yeah. Uh, the former president's. Have Lawyer. you seen this story? I haven't seen this story now. The guy that for the last eight weeks, nine weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it's been, has been out in front of everybody talking about, you know, we got to fight for this. We got to fight for that. We got to stand up for what's right. That guy. Yeah. On the radio show, talking about how he and Rush Limbaugh, who is now deceased, were titillated by Michelle Wee's panties when she was playing in an LPGA tournament. Oh, great. On the freaking air. Republicans, read the goddamn room. Sorry for no. my language. We'll just put a disclaimer on the show. I mean, <laughs> I'm not I'm not naive enough to go, okay, these people are smart enough to not behave that way. Nor do I believe for those of you out there going, <laughs> see, Republicans, your Democrats are just as bad, Bob yeah. Packwood. And, and others. Um, but seriously, I, I, you have PR people who are tapping you on the shoulder saying, don't do that. And then to walk out in front of the cameras and go, well, it was my daughter's idea. My daughter said we should go yes. to Cancun because they were cold, which is basically like saying to the entire country, hey, look at us. We can afford to go to Cancun. And you can't. Yeah. And you wonder why you get turned into a meme. You wonder why people are criticizing you. You wonder why AOC, for God's sake, is owning you. Yeah. Because I say this with love. You're freaking stupid. Because a yeah. four-year-old would have known better than that. At any rate. That was so asinine. It really. At any rate, I don't, I don't care if you go to Cancun or not. It's cold out. I, I, where else would you go? But I'm still back to this. Okay, why is Texas in so much freaking problem here? So I knew this already, but I went back and started researching it again because all of a sudden it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Do you know what the number one state in the country is for electrical consumption, electrical use? Can you name the number one state in the union? I cannot. Can you take a guess? Um, I would have said um, possibly California. And that would make sense, right? Because population yeah. of California is the highest. You got, you know, air conditioning, rolling high blackouts, tech area, high techs, yeah. all that stuff. And you wouldn't even be in the same ballpark. Hmm. The number one state in the union for electrical use uses 44% annually more electricity than California, which is number two. Okay. The number one state in the union for electrical consumption is Texas. Hmm. Why, you may say? Well, there's a couple reasons for it. The number one reason is and remains oil production. Oh, that makes sense. Industrial, industrial requires a lot of energy. 
vast amounts of energy, more amounts of energy than you can even imagine. Got into a discussion yesterday about hydrogen fuel cells versus electricity. Why don't, why don't we use hydrogen fuel cells? Because you still need, you're just, you're just changing one source of electricity for another. I mean, that's all mm -hmm. you're doing. You're not saving anything. At any rate, Texas uses more electricity than I think it's something like 36 states combined. <laughs> and this goes back to World War II when there was a grave concern about Nazi agents coming into America and sabotaging our infrastructure. And since Texas at that time, still producing oil, which was a major part of the war effort, mm -hmm. but also producing other kinds of technological devices, many factories, many bases, many things were built in Texas because Texas had something that virtually no other state in the union has. And still to this day has, you know, want to, you want to know what that is? Hit me. It has its own electrical grid that is yeah. not connected to the rest of the country. So even though Oklahoma and Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana are having cold temperatures as well, you notice their power didn't go out Yep, because they simply draw from the Eastern grid, the Western grid, the Midwest yeah. grid. Texas, on the other hand, is completely isolated. And when its production facilities died because they weren't weatherized, sure. they had no way of importing, buying, like California did once upon a time. They had no way of interconnecting to the rest of the country to, to bring in electricity yeah. over the same wires that they could no longer produce electricity on. And that's what happened. So... The entire that's going to change, by the way, <laughs> you say that, however, comma, <laughs> the same exact thing happened in 2003 ish to Texas, the same exact thing. They got hit by a snow, cold snap, wrecked their infrastructure a little bit, screwed up their power. And guess what? They had all kinds of studies and all kinds of everything afterwards that said, hey, you should winterize your infrastructure unless you're going to connect to everybody else. So there's two potential solutions here, right? Sure. Connect to everybody else or winterize your infrastructure. Guess which one they chose? They, well, they obviously didn't winter or winterize. Nor did they choose to connect. They chose neither because <laughs> we're freaking Texas. Well, there you go. And we're better than you and we know it. <laughs> Pride goes kidding. before the fall. I'm not kidding. That's what happened here. Texas has had plenty of warnings about, you know, that football game might have been 2003. Now that I think about it, I got to look that up because because I don't know when that was. Leon led. <laughs> I, sorry, I'm completely distracted here by by that game. Leon let touches the ball. He shouldn't have done it. When did that happen? <sighs> Leon let slides and four. No, that wasn't it. Uh, da, 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 da. Apparently, he touched him more than once. <laughs> no, it was uh, 1993, so it was a different, different. But but it was still a coach. So it's 2003, 1993, and and here we are, 2021. And 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 again, they've had plenty of warning. And and they're Texas, so they chose. Well, we yeah. don't got to do nothing now. To the degree that Texas is willing to stand up and say, hey, it's our fault and we'll take care of it ourselves. I'm okay with that. I don't care. Yeah. If Texas wants to stand up and say, hey, we screwed up. Maybe we should win a rise. Maybe we shouldn't. Fine. I don't care. Yeah. The problem comes, Rod, in the sense that now the world has changed. The country has changed since 2003. Sure. Now it's a political weapon. So since World War II, Texas has had its own independent power grid, which it has maintained. And it is, by the way, 44% more than California, but they pay almost the lowest kilowatt per hour electrical costs in, in, the, in the country. Yeah. Um, well, except for some residents who, did you see the news articles where they had actually contracted for wholesale rates <laughs> and then the prices got jacked up because the, the cost of energy went up high. And so there was people with literally like $8,000 monthly bills. Wow. 
because the, even the, even the electrical companies that were, they were tied to said, Hey, you may want to switch to another provider because yeah. the prices are going way up. Yeah. <laughs> so if Texas wanted to fix it themselves, that'd, that'd be fine with me. But, but now this has become a political football, a political sure. weapon. AOC's down there saying, Ted Cruz goes to Cancun, you know, and now Democrats are using that as a, see, Republicans don't care about you. No, Texas has a centuries long tradition of hating everybody else. Yeah. That's why they have their own power grid. They, they know they should have connected it. They know they should have went and they didn't. Because they don't want you. They don't need you. And so why are we crying over taxes? Well, I, th- I think the question is going to come up is, are there enough Californians that have moved there that are going to solve or change that problem? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know how close they were last time anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 Texas is about to be Californianized. I mean, yeah. there's still two ways about that. So you, when you look at that, and by the way, what, what's, what's the temperature in Texas today? Uh, let's see here. Dallas. Texas today, it is 72 degrees in Dallas, Texas, as we record this. Yeah. So now it's just a matter of restoring, repairing the generation materials. Well, and the water, all the water pipes yeah. that the best. See, but that's not as big. A, I, I, I know everybody's making a big deal about that, but that's, that's a homeowner insurance thing. You know, my home's not really winterized. Why would you? It, but that's a fairly... I don't want to say it's an easy solution, but there are people, you know, there's no, there's no government program to fix your pipes, mm-hmm. right? There is a, a PUC type of thing. There is a, a utility type of thing overseeing electricity generation, which now they're going to have to repair. And by the way, it's not all of it. I mean, obviously the airport's still working. First of all, sure. The casinos are still working. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm fascinated by this whole thing. And I'm fascinated by the way that something that has happened before and was never a big deal. In fact, how many of you even knew about what happened to Texas in 2003, 1993, any of that stuff? I didn't pay attention. You never heard of it. You, you didn't hear a thing about it. And unless you watched the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys play in the snow, you didn't even know it snowed in Texas. It does, by the way. It does. Yeah. I was there once when it, we had an ice storm come through. God. My grandmother, blessed memory, bless her heart. She, uh, my grand, I, I think she planned this. When she passed away, she passed away about four days before Thanksgiving uh-huh. to make sure that everybody was there for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think she really did that. And, you know, obviously, I don't know, but it would yeah. be, it would be typical of her to make sure that the family had gathered for. Her. But man, it was cold. God, it was that was <laughs> was so cold. When we went back for my grandfather's funeral in 2000, that was in March, springtime. Went out and played golf because <laughs> that's what we did. <laughs> and it was so, I mean, it's, it's like 50 degrees out and the wind's blowing a billion miles an hour. <laughs> Wind chill factors, minus whatever. So Texas is standing alone here. And, and we got to ask ourselves the question, what's the real lesson here? The real lesson to me is everything is political. Everything is politically weaponized. Yeah. And Republicans had better start learning that because this event of nature, which is tied in with Texas's tradition of being independent and not wanting to be part of the rest of the country, is going to be used against you. It's going to be used to show how Republicans don't care. That's exactly right. And at the end of the day... <laughs> If you don't learn to read the room, well, guess what's going to happen to you? Yeah. That is what's going to happen to you. Yeah. It's going to be bad when that, because they're, they're just not paying attention. No, they're not. And, and, and then, you know, learning to read the room. I look, I, I know how most conservatives and Republicans feel about Ted Cruz. And, and I know, I, I know what we're supposed to do, but seriously, dude, <laughs> a, that was dumb. Yeah. blaming it on your daughters even stupider even dumber and and again you don't have to be you don't have to be a first term senator to know that there there is no way in hell he didn't know that for someone who thinks really well on his feet and is able to come back with these quips on twitter as well as even on in interviews and stuff i'm really surprised that he didn't think this through 
I, I don't get it. I, I don't get Giuliani talking about Michelle. Yeah. We, I don't, at some point you just say to yourself, well, it is what it is, I guess, but these people are freaking stupid. And, and because of the change in the country now, <laughs> which is going to end up with Texas, not being as independent as it used to be, mm-hmm. they'll still lose to Oklahoma every year. I want to be clear about that, <laughs> but Texas, he, he says as he's wearing his Oklahoma t-shirt. <laughs> dang right. <laughs> Welcome, my friends. Now is that special time where I invite you to come, to pull up next to the fire here alongside. Don't forget to grab your cup or tankard of your favorite beverage as you listen to The Good Friar. After hours of prayer and meditation, today's friar side will enlighten and encourage us all. He's not kidding either. <laughs> You see, a long time ago in a distant land far from us today, a legendary mystic traveled to Ethiopia. Along the way, he noticed birds of unusual, with an unusual vitality feeding on some berries. Not one to leave a mystery unsolved, the mystic then tried the berries himself. The light brightened around him. Time stood still while vim and vigor coursed through his entire being. Surely this berry, this bean, was a gift of God, this coffee bean. The first accounts of coffee come from the 15th century, uh, of being exported from Ethiopia to the Yemen area. The uh, Sufis in Yemen used to uh, use the beverage as an aid to their concentration and as a kind of spiritual intoxication when they came uh, and when they chanted the name of God. It was introduced into Europe in the 16th century by Turkish, Turkish Muslims. Uh, they were slaves imprisoned in Malta by the Knights of St. John. The slaves would earn money by preparing and selling coffee. Soon, the, the coffee became so popular with the Maltese high society that it led to all things uh, where the rich want something the opening of coffee shops. From there, it spread around the world and the rest is history. Like all good things though, uh, when it comes to being popular, then there's those that call for things to be banned. They must be silenced. Let's ban them. Mecca in the 1500s believed that coffee stirred up radical thinking and God forbid people hanging out together. It also looked down, uh, they also looked down upon it because it was used for keeping people awake during the prayers. Yeah. In Italy, have that, can we? <laughs> no. The 1600s clergy labeled coffee as being satanic and tried to get it banned. But thankfully, the Pope took to the taste and declared it delicious, even stating that it should be baptized. In Prussia, late 1700s, Frederick the Great issued a manifesto claiming that beer was superior to coffee. You see, coffee interfered with the country's beer consumption. His hope was that the Prussians would be more eager to drink beer at breakfast time like he did well, as he was raised. Well, I can't argue against the logic of that. I, I'd love to have beer in the morning. I just don't know that I have a, an easier time of getting up and going in the morning with a tankard of beer versus that of coffee. <laughs> Yeah, but well, there's one uh, you know, surprising thing is that yeah, coffee is is actually or the consumption of caffeine is somewhat in our DNA. So I, I have done the DNA tests and and the 23andMe actually came back with a, with a wellness report that that actually tracks uh, or not tracks, but it says the likelihood of your caffeine consumption. And they break it down into two specific genes that actually play a role in how the body handles caffeine. So that's, that's really cool that, you know, the body was kind of made for coffee in a way. The result for me is that I'd be more likely to drink caffeine, <laughs> which I do. I know you're asking, where's this leading to, you know, you're asking good fryer. You haven't told us anything we don't know already. Yeah. 
Well, there's good and there's bad. And there's the WTF. You know, there's too many studies. There's so many studies about coffee and so little time to read them all. Uh, you know, is it good for us? Is it bad for us? What gives? Uh, you know, there's, there was one recent study that I saw, and this is what kind of brought about this whole fryer side. And I'd sent it to Dave is suggesting that coffee, too much coffee is bad for the heart. Even worse, those that drink lattes and cappuccinos. Sorry, milk drinkers. This is incorrect, of course. Yeah, well, as Dave said, it's propaganda. But yeah, I, in doing prep for this, I looked and, and I found uh, Harvard has an entire page dedicated to coffee. And, and coffee, if you didn't know, is rich in caffeine. Duh. It's also rich in vitamin B2 and magnesium. There's additional health benefits. They state that coffee may affect how cancer develops, ranging from the initiation of cancer cells to its death. So it actually potentially could help with uh, stopping cancer, potentially. You know, the heart, um, while unfiltered coffee can negatively affect cholesterol, triglycerides, the, the study even suggests that drinking coffee may regularly lower the risk of heart disease and stroke. You know, caffeine can help with de depression. And, and basically reduce inflammation. And there's other things related to diabetes, Parkinson's and, and mortality, but uh, yeah, coffee has been good, good to us. I know Dave swears by it. I swear by it. So I'm, I'm going to leave you with a few quotes today about coffee conclusion, WTF quotes. Johann Sebastian Bach is quoted uh, without, Bach. without morning coffee. I'm just a dried up piece of roast goat. Napoleon Bonaparte. I would rather suffer with coffee than be senseless. And Charles Maurice de Talleyrand, French clergyman and diplomat. Black as the devil, hot as hell, pure as an angel, sweet as love. And therein, we drink our coffee in salutation. <laughs> which David is not drinking coffee right now because no, we're recording in the afternoon. You know, do you know why I'm dry drinking coffee today? No, it has nothing to do with being in the afternoon. What? It has to do with the fact that prior to losing power today, I had about six cups. Okay. And then after we lost power, like I told you, we went to breakfast. So it was yeah, that's true. And then of course my wife who clearly has the caffeine gene has to stop at a particular Pacific Northwest traditional coffee shop. Yeah, because she has to have her. She calls it coffee. It's uh, it's not. Vente skinny latte, sugar free latte with extra pump of white. It's it's not coffee. No, no. So there, I I even broke down there and got tea instead because I just, yeah. just figured I'd had enough caffeine for the day. <laughs> I like going there and asking for a tall blonde. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, the lighter roasts have more caffeine. I'm not, I'm not doing that for the, the caffeine, really. I, I just don't like overly bitter coffee. When it's sometimes too rich, it's just way too bitter. Oh, you don't... Oh, my God. So a long time ago in this business, someone told me, and I won't tell you who that, who that person was, but his name rhymes with Rusty Humphreys, told me that you got to have, have a gimmick. You got to have something that you're selling. Because, yeah. you know, you're giving your radio show away for free. So you have to have something that people will buy that that they'll buy. And they'll go, see, I got Dave's whatever. And he recommended salsa. And he starts explaining to me how, you know, you get the you get the salsa and you sell it. And it's Dave's salsa. See, and people go, see, I'm part of Dave. I got his salsa, his special salsa. <laughs> and I remember sitting at the table. I don't remember the restaurant there, but it's on. I think it's on 11th street there. I'm sitting there going, dude, I, I am not going to go into my kitchen in my, my tiny apartment and make batches of salsa. So I'm just not going to do that. No. I mean, I make a damn good salsa, but you know, I, yeah, I, I have a life and I don't know that you can make enough money selling this stuff. I mean, how am I going to ship this stuff? How am I going to, and he's like, Dave, 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 you don't actually make it. There are companies that make this stuff for you. You just slap your label on it. They even yeah. ship it for you. They have, you know, they get a percentage of the, the profit. Sure. You don't actually do anything. They do it all. And, and 
ta-da, see, you're, you're taken care of, right? <laughs> so then a few weeks ago, somebody sends me this thing. I think this, this company is selling submarine themed coffee. And this company is selling submarine themed. Co- I, I must've gotten like five of these different coffee companies wanting me to buy their coffee because it's, it's submarine themed, Dave, don't you know? Yeah. And before I caught on to it, I'd actually sent one of them an email saying, Hey, you know, if you want somebody to show for you, I'm your guy. I'm a coffee guy. I'm a sub vet. I'm yeah. You know? And, and their response to me was, thank you. We have enough ambassadors right now. We'll get back to you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. How many of them are submariners? Dip. <laughs> how many of them have a, how many of them actually have, you know, a show? How many of them actually, anyway, needless to say, they've never gotten back to me. But in the process of this, I started thinking, and I, and I think I was talking to you about this. I, mm-hmm. I sent, I sent a text, I think to you going, I should start my own coffee company. Yeah. So I actually looked into it. I did. I actually did the reason I actually said to myself, okay, I need a label. I need to think about what would Dave's coffee be? Blah, blah, blah. You know, what would our, what would our brand ethic be? You know, that kind of crap, all the stuff they teach you in business school that doesn't mean anything. Mission statements and all that fun stuff. Yeah. We're going to proactively retroactive the, the synergies that we have with each other. So at the end of the day, our brick and mortar is, essentially becoming whatever so that we can so come to find out the way you do this is there's actually and there's two or three of them out there but there's one really big one they'll do all that for you they roast the coffee for you you just you just check a box saying i want this kind this kind this kind this label on that kind that label on this kind that label on that kind and here's the here's the shipping information and here's my bank account so you can deposit you know to some of the some of the profit it's all the same freaking coffee. It's fungible. It's yeah. It's the same stuff, but it's, it's got different labels. It's the on same it. thing as the leading brand. You know, the local grocery store brand name stuff that they have right. in there. It's the same stuff. Yeah, it's it, it's all it's like gasoline. It's all fungible. And anyway, I thought to myself, I could do this, and I could make you know, I don't know how much, I don't know how much work is involved with this to actually turn any kind of reasonable profit because number one, it's not like I have Rush Limbaugh size audiences here. No, so not yet. <laughs> yeah. So let's just say that everybody here bought a bag of my coffee every week, which isn't going to happen, but let's just say that that happened and I get to keep, so you, you spend, what's a fair price for a pound of, of Dave's coffee. I don't know. 12 bucks. 12. Are you out of your mind? These, these things are selling for, these are specialty coffees, Rob. This thing is still selling like 18, 19 bucks a pound. Which of course is the first flaw in the plan. Cause I don't spend $18 for a pound of coffee ever. <laughs> if I, if I want good coffee, I'm, I just buy, you know, good coffee. I don't go out and buy fancy crap. I let my wife do that. I don't, uh, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by the internet power dropping again. <laughs> when did I move to Texas? Jeez <laughs> Louise, this show. Eh. Anyway. It, it happens. As I was so, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. I don't, uh, I, I don't buy really expensive guy. And I can't imagine anybody. I don't, I don't know why you would. Okay. Especially if you know now what you should know, which is that it's all the same freaking coffee. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. You slap a label on it says fair trade. I'm helping Juan down in Guatemala. It's, it's whole marketing <laughs> BS folks. That's all it is. It doesn't yep. matter if you buy it from, from that coffee company on the internet or that coffee company on the internet or my coffee company on the internet or any, it's all the same thing. Ugh, it's like cars, right? We've got a car dealer up yep. here that runs an ad about all these people telling you that they can give you the best price. It's BS. We all pay the same amount from from the manufacturer. Yeah. Anyway, point being that I, I thought about it, and then I decided I just don't know that I can honestly participate in such a uh, 
a weird thing. I, I don't know that I could do it with a straight face. That's that's the problem. See, Ron, I, I'm sure I I have no problem with making money. That's I'd yeah. love to make money. I, I really would. But I just don't know that I could do that with a straight face. I don't know that I could sit here and say, hey, buy Dave's coffee. It's special. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that extra Dave in it. Like, like, it's got the extra David. Like that I does pulled not some of my good. DNA in it or something, you know? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't think I could do that. So, at any rate, I decided, I decided that that was probably. Plus, it's probably a lot of freaking work. I see these people on the yeah. internet all the time. Every every third ad that I get on social media is from one of these coffee companies. Yeah, which means that's so, all they're doing. It's advertising, yeah. Yeah, and so. And I realize you can automate some of that stuff and you can pay for some of that stuff. But then again, you know, if I'm paying for it, why I'm just cutting into the profits that I make in from it. Yeah. Which is why I don't have my own tequila company. Okay. Which if I was really going to do this, that's what I'd do. I'd have my own tequila label because. Yeah. But you'd be, you'd be now uh, going against the Kardashians, right? Yeah. <laughs> is, is she a Kardashian? Jenner? Can it... Well, yeah. Kendall Jenner. Ka- is she a Kardashian? I see. I'm she, so then, well, she's not technically a Kardashian, but she is. Well, who yeah, she, I guess is she? she's a Jenner. She's the daughter of Chris Jenner or, or um, Chris. Yeah, Chris and uh, Christine. Whatever her yeah. name is, his his its name is. Yeah, I don't okay, know. It used to be yeah. Bruce Jenner, the one that yeah. won the decathlon back in '76 and was on my Wheaties box for years. Formerly right, right. known as Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Jenner. Jenner. Okay, so. So somehow or another, they're tied in with the Kardashians, though, right? Yeah. Who are getting Kim Kardashian is is divorcing Kanye. Yep. <laughs> anyway, wouldn't it happen if you got an elected president? <laughs> you think? I don't think she would have left him in that. Would Would Melania and, and Donald still be married if he hadn't gotten elected? I don't know. I don't know either. Seems like, seems like given his record. Anyway, point being of all this, I thought <laughs> I should do my own tequila label, right? Because that I'm into. Tequila I sure. like. And this is, tequila is something I care deeply about, something that I've studied. Yes, it's weird. I know. But I uh, one, of my, one, one of the most joyous nights of my life was sitting down here at the local Mexican place at a tequila tasting, you know, like, a, like you guys yeah. do with the beer flights. Sure. So we did that with tequilas. We started on the bottom shelf and we made our way to the top shelf and then we had to be poured out because yeah. we I've I've done that before in whiskey bars where they have yeah. a flight tasters. I love those. There's mm. so many different flavors. Man, by the time we got to the Don Julio 42 on the top shelf, oh my God, it was so good. So good. So, and, and and then we got the bill and we're like, 45 bucks a shot? Holy crap. It's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so i thought well if i'm going to do something i should do my own tequila label and then of course yesterday i get the news story that kendall jenner who again i literally have almost no idea who is yeah is demonstrated here although she appears to be one of these obnoxiously thin influencers sir well, the whole family is a set of influencers. Okay. Well, at any rate, she decided to, to start her own tequila label. It's called 818 Tequila or maybe 818 Tequila. I don't know. And they made a big announcement about it this past week. A joyous announcement, as the news stories call it. A joyous announcement about something she had kept quiet for four years. Which makes sense because it actually takes a while to make good tequila. Yeah. Takes a little while, and you don't want to get to learn how to do the distillery and all that. Right, you got to learn all the the ins and outs of harvesting the agave and making sure that the mixture's right and the mash gets done and that the you know the barrels licensing right. Yeah, well, (laughs) of course she didn't have to learn any of that because she's not doing any of that. No, she's just slapping her label on some tequila that's being made in Mexico, and ta da! Which of course is what you do now. So I thought. Oh my! Well, the problem with with Kendall is she's being accused of cultural appropriation. Oh my goodness! Because, and I know this will shock you. I hope you're sitting down. Kendall Jenner is not Mexican. <gasps> no, I'm not making that up. I am. I am literally not making this up. 
She is being accused of cultural appropriation by slapping her label onto a tequila bottle because, quote, she's not Mexican. And in the words of one person, quote, she has no right to make tequila, unquote. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. Well, she's not making it. No, <laughs> that's she's buying some, putting her label and, on and it reselling and it. it. Basically. Exactly. So Damn. I thought, well, there goes my dream of Dave's tequila. If you can see straight, it's not Dave's. <laughs> Would that you not? Need to, you need to you know, alter your name a little bit, you know. Davido. Just some Davido. 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 Yeah. If you can see straight, it's not Davido's. Oh, that works, doesn't it? Davido's. Yeah, Davido's. Mm. <sighs> Could do that. Could do that. Of course, I'm, yeah. the massive investment it's going to take to get to the point where <laughs> tequila is expensive, folks, and I don't want the cheap stuff. I don't. How want, many units do you want, Dave? I don't know. I'm going to sell because I got to make some money with this, right? So again, we're back sure. to audience size here. If everybody in the audience buys a bottle of tequila every week, which is what I would expect, um, you know, I got to make a decent profit on this stuff. Yeah. So in order to make some money, you know, I need to make at least... I, I figure if I could make three to five hundred dollars a week for the rest of my life, on top of what you know my wife makes and everything else, I fine. But that's a hell of a lot of tequila I'd have to sell. It is a lot of tequila, and, and you know I'd buy one, but I wouldn't go through one a week. I'd, See, I and mean, therein lies the problem because you know if you're not if you're not drinking a bottle of Devitos a week, you're not really helping me. Yeah. <laughs> you need a you need a theme song, you know, a brand song. <laughs> Devito's tequila. If you can see straight, it's not Devito's. Uh, anyway, I thought that was my WTF because she has no right. Yeah. And, and this, of course, is all being contrasted with the fact that I guess uh, my man crush, George Clooney, his wife and he founded a tequila brand. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, again, they're not actually making the tequila, folks. You need to be clear about this. They're just no. buying some tequila putting their label on it. They sold their label for a billion dollars three years ago. And nobody made any whispers at all about the fact that they're not Mexicans. But Kendall Jenner does it, and now everybody's coming unglued because she's not a Mexican. No. She's appropriating the culture of Mexico by selling tequila with her brand on it. Which I, I guess, in a way, Rod, it just speaks to the ignorance of American people. <laughs> just it because it, just because it has my brand on it, you think I made it? Yeah. <laughs> they don't understand capitalism. They really don't. That's why they're buying Chevrolet cars that are, you know, made in America with basically a hundred percent Chinese parts. Yeah. But it's made in America. It was Rod. assembled here, Dave. Right. It may have been assembled here. It's American. <laughs> buying American jobs. Buying American stuff. I once had a brand new 1999 Volkswagen Jetta made in Mexico. <laughs> I had a 1980 Volkswagen Scirocco that was made in Germany. Let oh, me tell there you, you go. Let me tell you. Ausgezeiten. <laughs> that car. <laughs> so I, I think it was the 80, was it the 1980? So it would have been the 79 season Super Bowl. Maybe it was after that because I was in the Navy. Uh -huh. um, the Volkswagen had a commercial. For the Scirocco. So it would have been around 82, 83, somewhere there, mm -hmm. 84. And the commercial was this guy racing the Scirocco around the test rack in the fog, you know, with the misty. Sure. And, a, and the whole commercial is, and he pulls up, stops, the window rolls down smoothly, which didn't really happen. But, um, <laughs> and the guy says, Va? and the dude slowly raises the ice shield off his helmet. He goes, Alice Gutzeiten. Out that of this world. Say. Yeah. And I thought. I, I remember saying this to Sean yeah. Bagby, my roommate at the time. That's the car I want. Yeah. And so a few months later, I got my reenlistment bonus and I was going to buy a boat. I was going to live on a boat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and on my way to buy the boat, my motorcycle, scooterish, motorcyclish, slipped on the wet pavement and I separated my shoulder. Ooh. And I said, screw this. I'm buying a car. Yeah. There you go. And you know what car I want. Oh, yeah. You already, so, you already knew what right. car so you wanted. Right. So we went down here to the Volkswagen dealer down in West Hills and walked in looking for a Scirocco. 
Well, I didn't want, couldn't afford a new one. Yeah. Right. We don't have any used ones. Crap. So I left the guy my number. We left. We went to lunch. We went to Shakey's Pizza, which is over there. Yeah. And by the time I got back to the barracks, there was a message for me on the board. So call me. It's the dealer. So I call the guy and he says, can you come back? Yeah, I guess so. Can you tell me why? He's like, well, just come back. So we did. We went back. And he had gotten a trade-in of the 80 Scirocco and bet his boss he could sell it within an hour. (laughs) I walked in, saw this thing, and I looked at it and said, okay, I didn't even test drive it. So I'll take it. How funny. And I drove that car for like 12 years. I drove that car back and forth across the country at least four times. I mean, I love that car. I drove that car into the ground. When I finally got rid of that car, finally. Yeah. Okay. 1989, I guess. So I guess I only had it for six years. I don't know. But it seemed like forever. Um, when I finally got rid of it, they junked it. I mean, they they were like, this car is, is shot. I mean, yeah. it was. And about two weeks later, I get a call from the guy that bought it from the junkyard who had found my name or something in there. And he was like, I was going to junk this thing, but I'm going to use this one. I'm going to part my old one into this one because this one's this one's got something special to it and it really did yeah i loved my jetta you know it was the newer body style the 1999 body style and i put a 250,000 miles on that thing yeah and i only had gone through one clutch you know it was 215,000 miles before i replaced the clutch blew the clutch on that scirocco coming up out here on highway three towards the base there's a hill it goes down come up the hill yeah Hit went from fifth to fourth to kind of go up the hill, yeah. And the clutch just went, (laughs) so I had the car towed into the Chevron, which back then was a grocery, was an actual garage back then. Um, hitchhiked my way into the boat, and we were moving the boat that day, so we were moving from Delta Pier over the explosive handling wharf, which means nothing to you, but it's a very short move, Mm -hmm. it's like an hour. And I get to the boat just, I mean, my feet touch the deck just as they're pulling the brow. Okay, so that's how close I was to missing movement. I'm still in civilian clothes. I'm the topside phone talker. So I'm sitting there in the hatch as we're moving, and we're just kind of, just because it's a dead stick move, we don't really have to do anything. So we're just kind of sitting there, in the, and so I'm telling Mitch what happened, you know, and the chief of the boat, Bill Acord, is sitting there, and he's looking at me, shaking his head. He goes, why were you doing 105 on Highway 3? <laughs> and I looked at him and said... Because I can. Yeah. I'm Rabbi Dave. And I am Friar Cook. And this has been... What the Frock? <laughs>